G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast. We're the AFL fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the lesser knowns and the players that are going to bring value to your draft Keeper League teams. My name's Hef and I'm not joined by my co-host Kays because he's stuck in Queensland, went on a bit of a trip and then uh, our Premier closed the borders on him. So we are joined by a very special guest who is a gun AFL fantasy player across all formats and he is none other than the Statesman. How are you, mate? I'm very well. After five years of doing podcasts, I've finally hit the big time. I'm on with Hollywood Hef. Now, for those who don't know you that well, Statesman, and I'm sure most of our listeners do because, uh, like me, I was a Draft Doctors uh, listener for uh, probably two or three years before I started my own podcast. Um, But for those that know you, you are obviously a a Draft Doctors uh, podcaster and you're also a bit of a classic specialist winning a few hats in your time. Maybe give our listeners just a very brief history of your fantasy uh, playing career. Yeah, very attractive man, very young, uh, hail from Tasmania. <laughs> oh, you don't want that bit? Oh, yeah. um, no, I, I've been a fantasy player for a, a long, yeah, yeah, uh, for a long, 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 long time. Um, in fact, I remember sitting down watching the games and writing down the stats because you actually didn't know the score until the next day's paper. That's how long ago I was playing. Uh, and, of course, once we... Uh, decided we are going to follow the model that uh, is so successful in America, being our draft leagues and our keeper leagues, uh, I was right into that as well. So, And being part of the draft doctors for God knows how long it is, it's four or five years, uh, unsure to be honest, it's all a blur, and I'm the smart ass on there, so uh, every now and again they give it back to me, Hef, which they seem to be doing currently. I've just been thinking about that. So you and I guess we, by association, have popped, uh, oh, sorry, copped a few pot shots from the draft doctors uh, recently. Uh, apparently, we're the we're the sellouts and we're the uh, the upper class version, I guess. Which I'm I'm more yep. than happy. I'm fine to roll with that take. But uh, yeah, we'll just uh, say good day to Stevie Fizz. Hopefully, he's listening. And uh, he didn't get back to us about his uh, golf challenge uh, this week or anything like that. But uh, we'll see if he uh, we, you could bring that up maybe. Um, Cam versus Cam and uh, Steve Fizz versus Hef and K's in a golf challenge one day. But uh, yeah, hopefully that comes to fruition. Now we've got some uh, special news coming up and it's the final details are being uh, ironed out as we speak. But it looks like we're going to be doing a live show for our 100th episode, which uh, we're still kind of working out actually what we count as a proper episode, what's a special, all that sort of stuff and what's an actual 100th episode. But once we've got that worked out, we'll be announcing the date of our 100th episode and we'll be doing that live in a uh, very special brew pub that we seem to uh, talk about all the time on this podcast. So if you're from Adelaide, you probably know what it is, but uh, yeah, and again, it's going to be in Adelaide, so apologies to interstate listeners, especially with the uh, the recent COVID restrictions and might not be able to get to it, but uh, and I, I don't expect anyone to want to travel into the States to just come see us anyway, but if you do, be our guest. But yeah, it's going to be in Adelaide, so uh, yeah, we'll keep you posted um, on some details on that very shortly. But we talk about uh, beers a bit, but the brand that we talk about a bit more is Remedy Kombucha. So Stato and I are both uh, enjoying a very delicious uh, Remedy Kombucha. What flavour you got there, Stato? Uh, cola. I love cola. It's my favourite <laughs> by such a long way. All right. And I am currently enjoying a uh, wild berry uh, remedy kombucha on my end. Uh, so, uh, yeah, great quality product. And, uh, yeah, if you want to get your hands on some remedy kombucha, receive 20% off and free shipping, head to remedydrinks.com 
slash au slash shop and use the coupon keeper20 at checkout and grab yourself some remedy kombucha. Now, Statesman, uh, the last time we actually saw each other face to face, and it was actually the first time we saw each other face to face, I took you out for a uh, romantic dinner and we went out to the fine establishment that is the Gilbert Street Hotel in Adelaide. And you shocked me when you told me that this was your uh, first time you'd ever eaten buffalo wings. Is that is that true? Yeah, well, um, normally when I go out on a lovely date, uh, we have a luxurious meeting. Here I thought you guys were living in your ivory tower. Little did I know it was your actual shitty tower. Um, but, uh, yeah, I hadn't sit there and just eaten a bucket of wings before. But I must admit I did enjoy it. I don't know about the company so much, but the, the wings were nice. <laughs> Well, that, that kind of leads me to my question. other question. So, I wouldn't be surprised if you've never had a burrito before. Have you ever had a burrito, Statesman? Yeah, I actually have. Um, so, I look after groups in my real life uh, and uh, part, of, um, part of looking after groups is making sure that uh, uh, young people are actually fed well. So, Zambreros is a place where we would regularly ensure that they were getting a good, healthy diet. Look at that, Statesman. First time on the show and you're already repping the brand. We don't even have to mention it. You're a, you're a natural fit for this, mate. But uh, if you haven't been listening recently, uh, Zambrero are looking after our listeners by giving away two free burritos each week, one for you and a mate. So we announce a listener each week uh, who is the winner. And Statesman, this one is from Newstead in Tasmania. Have you ever e- been to Newstead before? You know what that is? Absolutely. I'm a Tassie boy, mate. I mean, we're talking uh, Newstead is basically um, very close to the home of the traders. So uh, we're talking a suburb of Launceston. So I've never actually been to Tasmania before, but I assume everyone knows everyone. So you probably know this guy because there's yeah, like, I know Will. a couple hundred people living there. Yeah, I'm not sure. I know so, Will. Yeah, Will Robertson. You know Will Robertson, actually? Yeah, yeah. Of course I don't. Yeah, sure. Oh, cool. <laughs> I was going to say, I was actually confused then. But Will Robertson is our winner this week from Newstead in Tasmania. So, congratulations, Will. Uh, we'll be sending some uh, vouchers down your way so you can go cop a couple burritos. Share them with a mate or have two to yourself. Uh, we won't tell anyone. So, uh, yeah, congratulations on that one. And, uh, yeah, look, if uh, you want to get your hands on a couple vouchers and go into the running to win our competition, head to our website, keeperleaguepod.com.au. Uh, and then click on the uh, winner burrito for you and a mate button or just head to keeperleaguepod.com.au slash Zambrero. Sign up there and you'll go into the running to win a burrito for you and a mate. Anyways, enough talking about uh, Remedy Kombucha and Zambrero burritos. We'll get stuck into the podcast. All right, moving into the round rewind, the segment where we talk about all the weekend's games. Uh, We try to find some uh, Keeper League relevant players to talk about. And I'm up first this week, Statesman, so I'm going to be talking about the Brisbane Lions versus Geelong Cats game. So first player I'm going to talk about is Oscar McInerney. Now, he had 115 points rucking against Blitzarves and Stanley, who just couldn't compete against those two. Uh, He had had 35 hitouts and uh, averaging 83 from his last five. So he doesn't have a bad run for the next few weeks either. Um, has Collingwood and West Coast in the last two games of the round though. So this could be uh, quite troublesome for your finals. But there's probably a few coaches out there who need a ruck option and Oscar McInerney could be a player that uh, serves you well over the next few weeks. Uh 
The next one I'm really liking the look of as well is uh, Charlie Cameron. So he had 91 points on the weekend, and I just love owning this guy as a loophole option. He needs to get goals to score, which is, um, I guess, granted, but he does it quite often. And because he had a slow start to the season, I think there's a few coaches out there that are just uh, not really, don't really have him on their radar, but he's starting to look better from the midway point of this season. So I think he'll end the season well, and you'll get a few more games like this one. Uh, what do you think of Charlie Cameron, Statesman? Yeah, I don't mind him. He he's and um, he's a type of player that you need to get the matchup right. So if he has the right opponent, I was a bit surprised Tom Stewart was the right opponent to be honest. But uh, if he has the right opponent, he can actually kick a bag. So always two things with Charlie Cameron: his injury, because if he gets a niggle, he actually can turn off a little bit. Uh, and a good opponent, and he'll get a great score. Doesn't matter what type of opposition he's playing, whether they're top four, bottom four. If his opponent he can exploit, then he's going to score well. All right, the next player I'm going to talk about is Zach Bailey. Now, Zach Bailey was a player that I recommended actually chucking on your bench and loopholing him on if he uh, didn't or if he only went well because I thought he might go a bit low this weekend, but he kind of went midway. He had 72 points, so it wasn't a great score. It wasn't a bad score, but um, he's definitely getting more midfield minutes over the uh, over the last month or so. He's a player where this doesn't necessarily translate to fantasy scoring for him, though. Where we've seen him score big in the last few weeks really is when he's starting to kick goals. Um, so I'm not sure if I can see him being a huge fantasy scorer, but he's a player that I think should keep his mid-forward status for some time to come now. So I think he's a great option if uh, he's gettable in your league. I don't mind Zach Bailey. Not 2G4P just yet, but he's heading in the right direction. And yeah, especially if he can keep a, the mid-forward status, he could be a handy option. And last for Brisbane is Devin Robertson. Um, he only had 67 points, but he's starting to look like a vital piece of the Brisbane midfield. He really looks at home in that midfield. And like I said, not getting the scoring right, but he's doing a few big jobs. I think he played on Joel Selwood on on the weekend and I think he's running with a few of the better midfielders just to learn his craft a bit more so I don't see him being you know 100 plus average probably anywhere in the next few seasons but I think uh, as, to, as progresses as that Brisbane midfield ages a little bit he is going to be the next guy coming through and I think they're putting a lot of faith in uh, Devin Robertson at the moment should play out the rest of the year and uh, I don't mind him as an option if he's available in your league you you've got a few things to say about Dev Rob don't you statesman yeah, I really like the boy. And can I tell you a really sad story? He he actually scored quite well when he got his first few games this season, but really dropped away. I think he gave us a few 30s and 40s, and I was targeting someone else. So I put him on the waiver while thinking I could get him back. But, of course, the king of the kids, uh, Dossie Boy, gets him off the waiver, and there he is each week sitting on his team, scoring reasonably well, and uh, Stato's a little bit sad with that one. But Dev Robinson, I really do like. Quality player. I'm really interested to see where he fits with them longer term. But I think he's going to be a really good solid. I think he's a Jared Lyons type where he's going to be underrated but score really well. Yeah, I, I agree too. Um, yeah, just uh, I think it's going to be a, a ways off and the – the depth of that Brisbane midfield does concern me a little bit, but I think long-term he's definitely going to be a hold and he's going to be a player for your teams. Uh, not a lot to talk about for Geelong. I will talk about Mark Blitzarves. So he had 78 points and despite getting pretty well beaten in the ruck, he still scored well from a fantasy perspective and he's been doing this for the last few weeks. Uh, he's worth owning at the moment. Um, has a tough run uh, for fantasy finals though. So he's got North where he'll play against Goldstein. GWS might not be too bad depending on who they've got rucking at the time. St Kilda against Marshall and 
Ryder and then Melbourne against uh, Gorn in the grand final. So probably not a great one um, to pick up if you're in contention. But if he does get a ruck uh, position to change next season, could be okay. It just all depends on what Geelong do with that ruck position and it's always changing. So I don't really know what's going on. But yeah, for the the meantime, I think Mark Blitzarves might be a good option, especially as he's listed as a defender at the moment. Anyway, that wraps up that game. The Statesman is going to take us through Richmond versus St Kilda. Yeah, most certainly. And the first one is Nick Vloston. Uh, scored us a 92 on the weekend. He can play well and has an average of 86 over his past five games. Always felt like he was a bit more suited to super coach, although with the outs at the moment, he becomes even more important for their team. But my little issue with Nick of Vlostone is will he actually start having to play a lockdown role? So a couple of injuries in their defensive group, which will be interesting to watch, but always worthwhile for a stream. And, of course, if you're averaging 86 in your past five games, you should be actually on the field until the role changes. Uh, Marlion Pickett is next. He gave us a 91, but... I do have a caution with uh, with Pickett. He's only averaging 62, uh, and it's fair to say the bottom end of the mids are very, very thin with squads. So if you look on the waiver wire, you're not getting any midfielder above a 60 average off the waiver wire. So uh, if you're trying to cover for injuries, he's worthwhile, but I'll prefer him to be on the bench. Uh, Richmond do play some early games over the next couple of weeks by the look of it. So he's the one where you can loophole him. So that's what I would do because he's really not a player for me, uh, but he is value on his day. And the next one's Nathan Broad. And I think we need to be careful here because Nathan looked like he got an injury. And there was talk after the weekend that the injury may impact him. Uh, for a few weeks. So just keep an eye on that. But he gave us a 76, but he copped the knock in the third quarter, came back out in the last, but didn't really touch it, just hobbled around there. So just keep an eye on that. He's been pretty solid a few 90s and a ton earlier in the year. He controls the footy in the year, eight marks and 18 touches last week. Bolter out, he might become even more important. But just watch that injury news. Uh, I don't know why we put Ryan Sampson uh, to discuss with his negative two in his first game, Um, a massive one hit out and one free against in 55% game time. Uh, Absolute stunner. I mean, that's just the class of Paddy Dow right there. So if you want to write a song... If you want to write a song, I reckon he's the one in a few years. Uh, Dougal Howard, 93. Key position players uh, are not a great one in my mind, um, but he has uh, a few good scoring games. So he's uh, only averaging 67 overall uh, and scored over 90 in his last two games. So he can be worthwhile for a stream. One I do really like is Josh Battle, who gave us a 91. He's a player I've had an eye on for a long time. It's always a role issue with him, but only at 22. He's got a proven ceiling. It's just the role he needs to fix. When he does, he'll be a massive scorer. And last but not least, Jimmy Webster, 85. Great score and would have been great if you if you waiver-wide him and, and, 
and streamed him on the weekend, but he's only averaging 59. He is 28 years of age, can you believe it? I think Jimmy Webster is young. He's not a keeper at the end of the day. Uh, so just stream him every now and again if he's got a good matchup. Thanks for looking after that one, uh, Statesman. Uh, I went out on Friday night and saw a, uh, a band with some of my workmates that are a bit younger than I am and uh, good old Hef trying to keep up with the kids these days. Uh, probably had a few too many beers, so uh, pulled up pretty rough on Saturday morning. So I'm glad someone was watching that one to uh, take us through the games. But uh, you had a look at the uh, the Ripper game that was North Melbourne versus Gold Coast too. So we're giving you all the great, exciting matchups this week. But, uh, yeah, notice that. Run us through some games there. Yeah, <laughs> Run us through some players on this one. Yeah, Cam Zerha pumped out a nice ton, uh, 101. He can rip out a big one now and again, but I don't know if he ever comes up a uh, consistent performer. He is one that has the capability, but I just wonder whether he thinks of more of getting the footy for the team or more creating damage for his team. So he's going to be interesting to watch, but he can score on his day. Uh, so he's a stream for mine. Nick Larky, which has been amazing. Um, people were bagging Nick. Only about three or four weeks ago, but he's put in a nice little block. Five games, he's averaged 72, gave us a 98 in the weekend. He's only 23 years of age. We know key forwards take a little bit longer to mature, so maybe he's going to be a decent player, but he is playing in a lower team. He is a key position player, so I think he's a stream option. LDU gave us a 95. It feels like we've been waiting this boy, waiting for this boy for years and waiting for him to break out, but he's only 22. And when you think of Hopper, who's finally doing it now, he's 24. So LDU should be given a little bit more patience. He can score well in spurts, and this will only improve. So a keeper for the long haul. Yeah, I think with LDU as well, the other thing was like it's probably his first season where he hasn't been really injury affected as well. So in a way, like, it could take him a little bit longer just to kind of you know build himself up to be actually a quality AFL player as well. So I'm with you a little bit. I think people were a little bit too harsh on LDU at times. I think we need to keep the faith with him and see how he goes. Yeah, absolutely. Next one is a boy I love, Sam Flanders. Gave us an 82. He's only a second-year player, and he's finally getting some uh, some rotation through the midfield after being drafted as a midfielder but playing forward. He will keep his forward status for some time yet, and I'm talking two or three seasons. I think he's going to be one of those that they use both in the midfield and up forward, and it's his third breakout season next year, averaging 72 in his last five with only 20 or 30% mid-time during those games. So I think he's going to be an absolute ripper. Uh, Jeremy Sharp, first game, 79, was a really good start for Sharpie. Someone tipped this, but I just can't remember who. Uh, no, it <laughs> yeah, escapes me. Mate, uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, he escapes me, that one. Uh, we'll be interested to see what happens with the Suns overload of quality developing mids as there will be some losers there. Fiorini's obviously one right now that's just getting pushed aside because of the young talent. Uh, and last but not least with this game, mate, Manny Rao gave us a 57. Is he back to pod? Uh, yeah, I don't think he ever really properly claimed 2G4P status anyway, getting injured before we could really uh, really confirm it. So I think he 
Oh, he's definitely on the pod at the moment. My question for you is, do you see him going at that kind of, you know, do you see him getting on a run at any stage this year where he does go 100 plus for a few games in a row? Or do you think he's just going to be eased in kind of half forward, uh, sorry, half in the forward line, half in the midfield, and we'll just see scores like this for the end of the year and then next year is the year we start really jumping on? What do you reckon? It's all about a build. So I'm unsure what the high-performance team and the coaching team want to see out of him. But I, no doubt to me it's just build that experience. There's no finals for the Gold Coast this year. So I think it's all about just making him better so he can burst onto the scene next year. That's my thoughts. For owners, I know it's only four games this year with an average of 46. Just hold. It will pay off. Yeah, I agree. I tried to get uh, Raoul off of uh, Kays, who owns him. I tried to offer up the cheeky uh, Isaac Smith because I know he needs a forward option. Um, and so let's see if I could – because I'm done for this year. I was uh, looking to next year. Uh, he wanted to hold him, though, so I reckon it might actually be costly for uh, Kays come finals time. A guy who's trying to win his first flag, but uh, – Case is a bit, little bit like Doss where he loves the kids a bit too much, um, more than they're probably worth. But we'll wait and see what happens with that one anyway. We'll move on to uh, Collingwood versus Fremantle. Now we'll preface this. I half watched this on the train to the Port Adelaide game. But uh, from what I saw, um, well, these are the players that stood out to me. Um, Jordan Ruffhead was the first one. More of a tip of the cat with this one. I don't really recommend anyone pick him up. But he took 30 marks and had 15 kicks. And I think there's got a lot to do with uh, Tabernar going down early. It kind of freed him up and allowed him to get into a few holes. Um, um, uncontested a bit, so just a tip of the cap to Jordan Ruffhead. He pops up every now and then, but it's too hard to predict when he's actually going to do it, so not really worth one looking at. But Darcy Cameron's had 84 points, uh, in the, and his last month's actually been good. He's averaging 80 from his last month, so he still should. Well, I still wouldn't feel comfortable putting him in my field straight up, but the form is probably getting a bit hard to deny, though. So if you own him, he might be worth looking at as a loophole option, as a forward, depending on how light on you are with forwards. But yeah, he's starting to become an... I don't know, he's starting to put his hand up anyway. Uh, Josh Thomas had 82 points, and I guess this was his best game of the year, though. Like, he's a high half-forward role, worked up the ground to win some footy, um, got through the middle a little bit as well, kicked two goals, but it was his best game, and it came without Dugowie in the side. So I don't know. He usually goes around the 60 mark, so just another player that I wouldn't get too excited about because I think it was circumstantial a circumstantial on the back of this score. Um, let's move on to some Fremantle players, but just David Mundy, he's, Mundy, he's probably 2G4P, but the thing is, because he's getting on a bit, he's probably going to retire at the end of the year because I don't know. What do you think, Statesman? Do you think he'll go again? I, I think he'll think about it because I, I reckon they might think they're in the frame next year for uh, a strong finals crack so he's playing good enough footy um, and I reckon the club would love to have him so I'm guessing yes at the moment yeah, okay. Well, the, my, my thinking was that though these kind of older players, they're kind of always in contention for keeper leagues because there might be a coach out there, especially this time of year when your trade deadlines are hitting, that are more than happy to offload him for a little bit cheaper than what his like, scoring would suggest. Um, you know, So you might be able to trade out someone like Mundy for a good younger player um, and get something back. So yeah, I reckon he's just a good target though if you are contending because he's scoring so well, scoring well enough. He uh, might be a target for those teams contending. And I know that actually in our home league, there was a trade made for him this week, which I thought was actually a good trade to get in just a, a bit more of a, a reliable scorer in. But uh, we'll move on to Rory Lobb and uh, he had 87 points and he became the main target when Tabernar went down and he could be in for a bump over the next few weeks if he remains out. Um, combined with that backup ruck roll as well, he should be a good get. Um, 
Lockie Schultz is the other one. And uh, if you listen to the Waiver Wire podcast, Statesman spoke very favorably of Lockie Schultz, which is good to hear because we talk him up a fair bit on this show. But yeah, we love him. He's got good goal smarts. He moves well. He just looks like a good footballer. The thing is with Lockie Schultz is we generally need him to score goals to score well. So he's a player that I guess we need to stream when uh, Fremantle have a winnable game or look like they're going to be in contention to win a game because he can go big. And he's the type of player that I think if he was either in Victoria or, um, yeah, if he played for a better side, we'd be talking about Lockie Schultz a lot more. But, uh, yeah, uh, Lockie Schultz, um, if he's available on your waiver wire, um, then he's probably someone you want to be looking at. Uh, Blake Akers had 81 points and he's on the halfback at the moment. He's been there for the past few weeks and this role really suits him. We've seen him on the wing uh, earlier on uh, at his time at Fremantle, but they've chucked him in halfback flank and it actually surprises me that they haven't done it sooner with him. Um, he's put up back-to-back good scores and he's a player that you could get cheap before um, DPP status hits. So if uh, players aren't paying attention in your league, they might not notice that he's been playing on a halfback and if he does get DPP status, I can't actually remember if Ultimate Footy does another DPP uh, round, but uh, next year there's a chance he could get it as well if that's not the case. So yeah, if they're not watching closely, you could get a pretty handy defender for a bit cheaper if you uh, want to have a go at Blake Akers. If you think he can hold his spot and whatnot, uh, he might be a play. And the last one for free Mantle is uh, Nathan Wilson and he's had 82 weeks in a row now and I I just wouldn't get too excited though but he's one to watch because he's playing just slightly less defensive at the moment and he's jumped up the kick in numbers over the past few weeks as well so just watch with interest for now with all that said though I can see him crashing back to earth next week because I've been a Nathan Wilson owner in the past and he has uh, shown so much but delivered so little over the years so uh, yeah I'm not going to go down that you know, fall down, fall into that trap again. But uh, I know with back-to-back 80s, he's probably someone to think about. What do you reckon about Nathan Wilson, Stato? No, thanks. Yeah, 100% agree. I'm just going to have a swig of my uh, delicious remedy kombucha here and I'm going to move on to the Port Adelaide versus Sydney game. Did you watch the game, Statesman? Uh, yeah, I certainly did. I, I just quickly just make a call on Blake Akers, someone I was hot on uh, quite sure. a few years ago. And once he actually got... Uh, an opportunity at Frio, I thought here is inside mid, which I thought was the perfect role for him. But you look at that list now, and they've just so many quality mids. They're just trying to put him in a position, to be honest. That's that's all that's happening here. He's a, he's a decent player, but unfortunately the, the kids are outranked him in that key role. What do you think about him on a halfback, though? Do you think he's he could be a you know a potentially dangerous fantasy scorer from there? Yeah, but I don't think it happens long term. So I, I think there's some really good kids that they're just not playing at the moment. They've got so many injuries in that defensive line. So it's a stopgap in my eyes. Yeah, no, that's a fair call. Good call. All right, on to the Port Adelaide versus Sydney game. Um, first, I'm going to talk about is Willem Drew. Now, a lot of our listeners, and there's been a bit of chat about him in the gold member uh, group over the last few weeks. Uh, make sure you sign up as a member, as a gold member to get involved in that. But he's scoring well at the moment, and he's averaging 85 from his last three. But my issue with Willem Drew is that I just can't see his scoring getting too much better than this. Um, he has been in the system for four, four, four years now, I think it is. And 
as a mid only, is this what you really want? A 80 average midfielder just doesn't excite me too much, but I think he'll be serviceable as one of your last mids on the field, but I wouldn't be just going hard to get him because I just don't think there's too much of an uptick in his scoring going forward. But, you know, I said the same thing about Ollie Wines uh, about two, three years ago as well. So um, I'm starting to get burnt now. So we'll see what happens <laughs> along those lines. Uh, Charlie Dixon had 80 points and I've been saying this the past few weeks just to get on. He's uh, taking marks and kicking goals. He's got the backup ruck roll at the moment, especially with uh, Laddams going out of the side this week. So he gets a few hit outs there. Port have a really nice run home and they tend to play all the hard teams at home. Well, that is if the the fixture stays the way it is, it may not. Uh, We might not be able to let teams in, who knows. But uh, if it does remain that way, he's in some really good form. He's clunking marks, kicking goals uh, and he's going around that 80 mark uh, each week for the last few. So um, yeah, I'm happy on Charlie Dixon. He's a player I've owned in the past. He's actually been really serviceable for me if you can get on at the right time. So he's one to think about. Now, Miles Bergman had 74 points, and I was not disappointed with that. Uh, I guess he had 100 or turned up the week before, but uh, I'll still take the 74 points from this guy. He was mostly off the halfback flank, uh, had a stint on the wing a bit later on, and he also pushed forward to kick a goal. Um, I think that was from the wing, actually, though, as well. But yeah, I just like the look of him as a fantasy player. He does all the right things. Uh, he's 190 centimetres. He can take a grab. Uh, the only thing is his, um, his disposal can be a little bit of a worry. So for the short term... That might put him on some shaky ground, but he's been playing well over the last few weeks to kind of overlook that, I think. But I think long-term, he's going to be a player. Now, Stato, you talked about him on the Wavewire podcast. Uh, tell us what you think about Miles Bergman. Yeah, I really like him. It's just the game style. He can he can play that intercept marker, but he can play the link player as well. He's got good pace for his height. He's just versatile. Yeah, I really, really like Miles Bergman. I think he's going to be a future star. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I jumped on board. I caught a bit of stick from uh, Kays about, you know, apparently I was jumping on the classic hype with him. But uh, no, nah, I've really liked the look over uh, of him over the last few weeks. Um, yeah, and it's, he's kind of playing what we saw in the in that preseason game where he just racked him up across halfback. He's doing that in the actual season now, which is great to see. Um, looking at Sydney, not a lot of talk about. Teams just don't score that well against Port Adelaide. So as a general, um, Port Adelaide and Geelong seem to be some of the hardest teams to actually score against at the moment. So just be wary of that. But a player, I guess, to talk about is Lance Franklin, uh, the big buddy. Uh, had 80 points, and he, but he kicked four goals. None of them were super flash. Um He's the type that could get you a cheap win um, in the back end of the season, just get a few cheap goals out the back and score well. But uh, not someone I'm crazy about, especially given the age as well and who knows what his future looks like. And the other one was uh, Justin McInerney. He had 75 points and he plays on a wing and every now and then he looks like a player that could be a fantasy scorer. He has a pretty reasonable tank. I think he played 90% game time in this game. Um, Just isn't consistent enough for my liking though. Always a worry you can get dropped too, which um, I find with uh, Justin McInerney. They're just a few few outside players at Sydney. You know, you got your Florence, your Goldens, your Stevens. Oh, God, I wish Stevens was playing. But, uh, yeah, uh, long term, I'm just not sure if he's the one that is their, the main go-to on that wing as well. So, Justin McInerney, um, yeah, look, a decent score, but uh, just one to look at at the moment. Keeping the black book, but don't take too much action on just yet. Uh, yeah, that wraps up the game for me. Enjoyable afternoon at the footy for me. Uh, backing up uh, the, my big Friday night with a couple beers in the uh, Southern Stand. Uh, good fun. But uh, we'll leave Statesman to the Essendon versus Melbourne game. So take us through that, mate. And what a cracking game too. It was very enjoyable to watch. So first off, we'll talk about Jakey Stringer. Gave us a 97. So the package backed it up this week after a massive 130 the week before. He would have been an absolute steal and potentially 
off the waiver wire in some leagues. So well done if you own him. Uh, has always had the ability, but let's see if he can continue this to become 2G for P. Uh, I do have my doubts. Uh, next up is Matt Guelfi. Uh, played a really good game for his 79. Uh, uh, a true footy response? Yeah, no. Nah. That's pretty much what I think of Guelphie, to be honest. He's a stream option at best, but I will say he did play well. He's one of those players that sort of just gave the pressure. So as part of that uh, Essendon pressure early on, it was really quite impressive. Uh, James Jordan gave us a 92. Uh, I thought Viney would sink his scoring, but to be honest, I was quite wrong. But I will point out there is an issue. It's only 74 minutes game time. Uh, which is a concern, and we've got to think about that. But as a long-term keeper, this one's a ripper. Uh, and last but not least, uh, flash to the past, Michael Hibbard actually played a uh, uh, a game where he's actually racking up some pill. Uh, was a good fantasy player back in the day before the injuries hurt him. He does have a ceiling, but he also plays a selfless role at the Demons. He's 31 Probably has a few more good ones, but he might be uh, a good sell target if he can have a run of two or three games in the 80s. Just going back to James Jordan, do you think, because we have raised some concerns over, I think, every podcast in the uh, in the AFL fantasy podcast industry. That's what it is now. It's an industry. Um, we've raised some concerns about, uh, I guess, his um, time on ground, and there could be a tank issue with James Jordan. What do you think it is? Do you think he's one of these players that has a low tank, someone like Quentin Narkel, who never seems to be able to get it up? Or do you think it's just being a younger player and he still needs to build it? What do you think it is? I think it's a build. Um, so we're yeah. talking young. It's his first year of playing. I know. I know he's uh, a little bit more mature, but he's just building that tank, mate. There's nothing long term to be worried about. Uh, Ollie Wards used to average sixties uh, and seventies in his first two or three years. I know it probably took a little bit too long, but he's paying dirt now. I was hype on Ollie Wards for so bloody long, and the year he goes, Burko, I'm not on him. But anyway. Yeah, I traded him uh, two years ago, two seasons ago for uh, Scott Lysett. I uh, needed a Ruckman. Good move, and, uh, good move. Yeah. Oh, look, now it's okay, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I prefer now. I could probably pick up another Ruckman, but it doesn't matter. Uh, we'll move on to the GWS uh, Giants versus Hawthorne game. So uh, Daniel Lloyd, 78 points, just a tip of the cap for this one. Um, playing half forward and kick two goals, 10 kicks, two handballs, which is a nice ratio, I guess. Kays likes him as a player. I think he thinks more of him, uh, thinks he's a better fantasy player than he actually is. But for me, he's just a bit too inconsistent. So not really one I'm looking at. And basically all the GWS players that ever score well are always 2G4P anyway. So we don't really get to talk about too many on this podcast. But uh, we'll move on to some Hawthorne players who are a bit more fantasy relevant for this format. And the first one I'm going to talk about is Dylan Moore. And he was the difference in the end. Uh, 94 points he scored for the game, up 40, kicked four goals. And... I know he plays that kind of high half forward role, but I really don't mind this type of role at Hawthorne. They're not a team that tends to bomb it in. They they like to hit up these smaller leads. They like to hit up the short 45s, all that sort of, sort of stuff. And it can kind of make a few of these kind of high half forwards just kind of get on the end of a few and uh, have a few opportunities at scoring goals as well. So he's averaging 70 and put up some decent scores this year. He does have a low floor though. Um, I think he's had some pretty low games in there as well. So definitely worth owning though, I think, and trying to loophole him for now. And then hopefully in future, he can uh, bump his scoring up and become a decent fantasy scorer. Um, Will Day, 
88 points. I absolutely love this kid. Uh, Kay said he looked underdone last week, but I said he would be cherry ripe. He'd be medium rare to well done. Uh, <laughs> medium rare, well done, whatever, uh, this week. And uh, look, he looked cherry ripe. He delivered. The, the kid's just a, a gun at fantasy. He has a beautiful role off halfback. Um, he's hungry to win the footy. Doesn't mind leaving his man to get a few kicks up the ground as well. A bit of observable thirst. I think that's what they call it on the uh, the other podcast. So I own him and he's going to be in my side for, for for a while to come. I'm a big fan of Will Day. What do you think of Will Day, Statesman? Uh, besides having to probably eat uh, a few hamburgers and get into the gym, for a couple of pre-seasons. He's a very yeah. impressive player. So he's got that tenacity that he really wants the footy. So put his body on the line, not that there's much of a body yet. And that's the only drawback for him. Uh, but there's plenty of players that struggle to put on the weight. So I wonder if he's one of those because he's had a few years in the system now. So I'm interested to see how he tracks along, but I, I reckon he's going to be an elite scorer. I just hope he keeps that defensive status and plays out of defence because he's going to be a ripper. If he gets ends up being a wingman, it'll be a bit of a wasted uh, for for fantasy beats. He is he is on his second year, and he only started like halfway through last year as well. But I do like the fact that he can score as a bit of a skinny kid, though, as well. I reckon that's good signs. But yeah, yeah I guess there is some concerns that he uh, he might not be able to put on that weight. But the other thing is as well, he did play as juniors as a wingman too. So you raise a good point. So that could be interesting there. But the halfback role right now looks super nice for him. So hopefully yeah. he maintains it. Uh, Jonathan Segler is the last one for Hawthorne. I'm going to talk about. He scored 82 points and he was quiet last week after this uh, after his huge game against Sydney. But he put up a decent score this week with 82 points and he was taking most of the ruck work. But the, the positive, I guess, and especially for McAvoy owners, McAvoy was still, McAvoy was still scoring well um, without him at having the number one ruck role, I guess. So um, yeah, look, if you've if you've got McAvoy though, you need to handcuff these two together. And what's great though at the moment is you can probably play McAvoy down back and Segler in the ruck and you put up some handy scores as a result. So um, yeah, I don't mind Segler as an option. So he probably, I don't know if he probably would have got snapped up by a lot of people a couple of weeks ago, but if he's still available in your league, I reckon he's someone worth getting because rucks can be hard to find at times and he's, he's serviceable at the moment. Anyway, uh, Statesman had a look at West Coast versus Western Bulldogs. So take us through the players there, mate. Yeah, another ripper game, actually. I, I got to watch a few good ones on the weekend. Josh Rotham uh, gave us a 96, 23-year-old. is starting to cement his spot in that tasty little defence. And I say tasty because I love chipping it around, averaging 74. But last five, he's got an average of 80. Uh, in a keeper, he is definitely a hold because you look at uh, Hearn and Shep are nearing the end of their careers. So he's got a long career in that defensive group. They rate him highly, which is important too. Josh Rotham, uh, a bit of a ripper. Jeremy McGovern, 82. He's back after injury and right back to his marking game. He can frustrate owners for many, many reasons, but on his day can score very, very well. So he's he's the type risk-reward player. Uh, I like to stream him when you can. Uh, and I've also got Oscar Allen. Now, this is a bit of a long play in a keeper. Um, so he's averaged a little bit low this year, but he had to go and support the defensive group 
when there were so many tools out for West Coast Eagles. And I reckon Oscar Allen is going to be one of those key forwards that keeps us interested, especially if he keeps his DPP. Only 60 this week, but he's going to be a big scorer. It was a tough game, tough opposition for, for Keys, unless you're Aaron Norton, who I'm sure is 2G for P. Getting close. Yep. Uh, Taylor Jaray is the last one. 190 gave us, uh, despite never knowing what role the doggies are going to play each and every week. Caleb Daniel was centre half back this week, playing on Jake Waterman. I- I'm not kidding you. After three weeks of being an inside midfielder, he was centre half back against Jake Waterman. Uh, we'll play each week. Of course, we're always worried about that. Uh, he's starting to put some good scores together, averaging 85 in his past five, a great D5 for many teams. Now, I will admit uh, I didn't see – this game was actually on in my house, but uh, this was exactly the time that Kay's messaged me telling me he was locked out of the state. So I was quickly uh, trying to think and racking my brain of how to do the podcast this week from that point onward. So I wasn't focusing too hard on the game, but I think Hayden Crozier went out of the side this week. Is that correct? That's correct. So Taylor Duray, do you think he's the kind of reason why Crozier is out and will he be hurting a few of the uh, the Crozier owners out there, do you reckon? Yeah, it all depends whether Crozier comes back as their full forward this week. <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen under the, the Bevo. <laughs> Hands in the air, Statesman, uh, on the other end of the camera here. Uh, we'll talk about the last game of the round, uh, Carlton versus Adelaide, and nothing uh, tickles me more than watching the Crows get beaten. But, uh, look, we'll talk about a few players from this game. Um, Jacob Wietering, uh, 112 points. He was just clunking everything, uh, had 16 marks. But the thing is, he's just too inconsistent as a key defender to start each week. So he's another worth open, another player worth owning as a loophole option. If Carlton can get some uh, early round game slots, that is, they seem to be playing a lot of uh, later in the games, and especially with the way the the fixture keeps flexing at the moment. Uh, who knows when they're actually going to play? But uh, if they can play some early round, uh, early games in the round, he might be a good streamer option. But Matthew Kennedy is a player that I've always been a big fan on of, and he's starting to deliver at the moment. He had 93 points and he was actually my waiver option to pick up last weekend, but he's just back in a big way. He's back in the middle, looked really comfortable out there too. And what I thought was interesting, he just took a few good marks around the ground as well. So that was really good to see. So I don't know if Matthew Kennedy is still available in your league, but as a forward, he's going to be a really good option. Um, Matthew Owies, he had 80 points playing up forward, 70 touches and eight marks, uh, kicked the goal as well. Just a tip of the cap for him. Um, I don't love his role and at Carlton, have a few of his type playing up forward. He's not going to go big each week or anything like that, but I guess just a tip of the cap here. But Paddy Dow. He had 77 points and it was the best game of the year so far for him. He gets plenty of time in the midfield. each week. So this has been consistent all through the year and he hasn't really scored super well. But the thing is with Paddy Dow, could this be the confidence booster he needs, Statesman? As a forward, uh, you know, what do you think about Paddy Dow going forward? Um, I have a few little concerns with Paddy Dow. I, I will say this game was quite good. Uh, so we've got to note that. And he, and he was involved in some really important plays. He gets clearances. He does some really smart things. There's other parts of his game where I sometimes question whether he's actually going to make it. Um, This year should have been his breakout year, 
Um, I, I wonder whether he will be one of the casualties of a bad season by Colton. I hope not because there's no doubt this kid's got talent. And, and maybe, maybe we shouldn't be calling him a kid anymore. Is this his fourth season? I think it is, yeah. Yeah. So um, if we see a few more games like this, he might be held on and get the opportunity to have a fifth-year breakout. Um, he's got some talent. Um but there's just games that I've watched him and going, I don't know if he's here for this level, but he's definitely too good for VFL. Look, even if he doesn't make it and doesn't break any time, at least he has a sweet song written yep. about him that he can Very talk true. about for years to come. Very true. And I think I th- we kind of know for a fact that he's seen the song as well. So, yeah. that's Really? Nice Have you? That. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, well, so a friend of mine actually works with his auntie in Melbourne. So, um, and she actually wasn't too happy with it because apparently we were putting too much pressure on him. Oh. Uh, and uh, <laughs> so that's what she was saying. But uh, yeah, he's seen it. And we've also had a chat. To, we tried to get it up and about uh, up on the Carlton social medias. And we actually had a chat to the Carlton social media guys about it, but uh, they didn't want to put it out there too much. But uh, yeah, yeah, fair they, enough. We know, that, we know that they saw it. But anyway, uh, not much to talk about from the Crows. Um, Taylor Walker, Kays was a bit uh, down on me for choosing Taylor Walker as a streamer considering he was averaging 80 this year. I don't know if you can call that a streamer, but the reason why I did it is because he in the last six weeks, he'd either get 80 or he'd get 30 yeah. essentially. So key forwards, I guess you can, they're perennial streamers. They're always streamers, but most people would have had him on the field, I think anyway. He's averaging 80, like I said, but yeah, he, he scored well on the weekend, so he'd be pretty happy with that. I think we already made him 2G4P anyway, but I thought I'd just highlight that as the, the reasoning for the streamer option. And uh, last but uh, well, last and least is Harry Schoenberg. <laughs> uh, 46 points, and he was Kayser's streamer of the week. Uh, I've got one word to say, and that's yuck. Uh, he was getting more mid. He's been getting way more midfield time over the past few weeks, and he still can't get it done. So I don't know what Kay sees in him. Ben Keyes' housemate, maybe that's what it is. He's just close to greatness. Oh, well. Who knows? But uh, uh, that uh, that's all I've got to say about Harry Schoenberg, and that's the uh, end of the round rewind. So um, if you appreciate the work we do each week in bringing you the round rewind and going through all those players and giving you all this information, uh, please consider joining us as a member. In return, you'll receive all of our bonus resources that uh, we actually use to help us guide our Keeper League teams and selections and lineups and all that sort of stuff. So if you're interested in supporting us, head to keeperleaguepod.com.au or click in the description below and sign up today. But each week we read out five gold members. So thank you to Michael Burrard, Matt Davis, Jake Miller, Joe, just Joe, and uh, Matt Quigley. So thank you to all of those for signing up and we'll move on with the show. Moving on to the projections segment. So we are going to pick a captain option, a loophole option, a streamer option, and a waiver option, one of each for this week. So uh, the captain option, Statesman, it can't be a top 10 averaging player. Who have you got this week? I'm going to double down on Bevo doing the right thing. Now, this is fraught with danger. I understand this. But I'm going to go big for Bailey Smith this week. So his matchup is North Melbourne. He was back in the midfield where he should be. Now, we don't know if there's any underlying reasons why he wasn't, but he was back there this week. He scored us a nice big 120 against a good opposition, and now he's against North. Bont, Libba, and Mac are the ones that will get the attention. So I think he can pump out a big 130-plus score. 
Yeah, I like that. Um, I, I liked seeing him last week and sort of scoring after what he served up the previous week. But yeah, you're right. Every chance of being bevoed again this week. So who knows? You make me feel like a bit of a wuss here, Statesman, because I've got yeah, something no, way, I saw way, yours. way safer. You're chasing <laughs> scores. Well, I've had a few bad weeks, so I need to get myself back in. And I actually picked Ollie Wines last week, who only got 97. So I thought that was a safe one after a shocker. So I've had two shockers in a row. So I'm tipping, I'm going three in a row to try to get a good one. And uh, I've gone Dane Zorko. So he looked fresh after a couple of weeks off, 142 points last week. Uh, plays the Crows, who are a real fantasy-friendly team to score against. Averages 90 against them. Averages 103 at Adelaide Oval, if it's played there. Currently, our borders are closed to Queensland, but it hasn't stopped Victoria and Sydney coming across, teams coming across last few weeks, so who knows what happens there. Uh, but yeah, hopefully, third week, third week lucky, I can get a decent captain score for you guys. Then I'll go back to picking a few more left-field ones. All right, uh, the loophole option. Now, I'll preface this. You can either pick someone who's not that good, who you think might go big, or someone who's a decent scorer who might not go so well that you loophole just for safety. Ugh. All right, so there's a bit of conjecture about how we pick these. What's yours, Statesman? I'm going Callum Wilkie. So what I'm saying is someone that's not generally a great scorer, but he can have his day. And my line of thought is when in doubt, go a defender against Collingwood. Oh, uh, beautiful. So he reads the play. Uh, he should be able to gain the marks and build a decent score this week. I'm going to pick Robbie Tarrant. Um, hasn't had the best start back from injury, but he actually put up some reasonable scores in Corona Ball last year. So he's obviously a player that's not scoring very well that I think might go right this week. Um, like again, be tentative to start in fields. So that's why I've got him as a loophole. But uh, look, he averages 76 against the Western Bulldogs and had 96 uh, BCV against them last time they played last season. Western Bulldogs, in terms of the points they give up to, um, to defenders, they're not they're not easy to play, but they're not hard to play. They've, I think they're ranked eighth, so right in the middle of the eighth, eighth or ninth. So they're right in the middle of the road. So every chance, and I guess the ball's going to be down there a lot for uh, North Melbourne as well. So I reckon he's a chance of going okay if he grabs a few marks. He takes a few kickouts every now and then. I know that they've had a few uh, few players like uh, Zebel and Hall spend a fair bit of time back there this year that's kind of eaten up all of those. So he might not get that many uh, this year, but in previous years he's gotten a few kickouts as well. But uh, yeah, I think Robbie Tarrant's a chance of a 70, which might be handy for your uh, for your Keeper League teams. We'll move on to our streamers. So this is the player that's under 70% started. Who do you think, Statesman, is going to be a good streamer this week? You're going Jared Leanit. Is it Leanit or Leanit? So we had a chat about this last week. So uh, Kays and I are both uh, Brosser Germans, born and raised in the Brosser Valley, German heritage, and there's a lot of Leanits down that way. So that's the way that we pronounce it. Um, but the commentators say line it. So I will accept either. And you've actually been quite good on the uh, pronunciations tonight's statement. You've brought your A game tonight, so I must yeah, commend you on that. Because I'm, I'm struggling from a, a, a bit of nasal congestion, so I haven't been on the piss all day. That's probably why I have, to be honest. Ah, uh, uh, that makes more sense. Uh, job security, uh, never great, but with a cannon likely to be out because he actually came off the field uh, during the game. He's only 35% owned. Averaging 69 and a great matchup against the Hawks. Yeah, look, Leonard's just a player that scores well generally when he plays. It's just the job security thing, like you mentioned. But yeah, I, I, I reckon I rate him as a streamer every time, especially coming up against a nice cushy matchup like the Hawks. I reckon that's a great pick. Um, I'm going with Charlie Cameron this week. Um, the average turns you off. He's only averaging 58, but he's starting to put some good scores together, as I mentioned earlier. Averages 78 against the Crows, which is obviously his old team. So I think he likes playing against them. And the Crows give up the equal most points to forwards. So I think Charlie Cameron might get off the leash this week. 
week and put a few through the big sticks, resulting in a big fantasy score. And we'll move on to the waiver. Under 65% owned. Who's your pick of the week, Statesman? Yeah, going well lower the ownership, only 36% here. Brett Bewley, I just reckon he is a little bit of a jet and hidden little gem. Our forward stocks are so thin this year, it is remarkable. Only two games back, uh, averaging 70. I just reckon uh, so he's available for most leagues. He's a worthwhile waiver wire this week. I'm going the easy option, um, a player that uh, I think plays third game of AFL, I think it is, but first for the season, and that's Jeremy Sharp. Um, he scored 79 on the weekend, but the thing is he was a good underage fantasy scorer, um, averaged 118 in the Waffle Colts as a junior, uh, averaged 83.4 at the state under-18 championships in 2019. Hopefully he gets a run for the while uh, for a while, and hopefully he can produce some good fantasy scores like he did as a junior. So there are our projection picks for the week. Uh, if you want to get more projections and more waiver wire pickups, uh, make Make sure you sign up as a member, keepleaguepod.com.au or click the description below. Uh, Kays isn't on to do his State League Fantasy Score review this week, so uh, make sure you head to our website, check that out, and uh, yeah, you'll read up on those this week. All the scores are up there on the website. Um, before we get into the listener questions, uh, we got an Apple review, and uh, thank you for the listeners who heard our calls for more reviews and jumped on, um, but please keep these coming in. Uh, we're very, very close to 100 reviews, which is not quite as good as the Draft Doctors where they promised Statesman would do a kickflip. If they got to 200, was it? I can't remember the level, but I just ignored them. Oh, you still owe them. Oh, you owe the break a leg, fruit, mate. <laughs> That's what they want to see. I know it's harsh, but uh, you promised, mate. You made a promise. No, they anyway. just decided it was a promise. Let's make this clear. I never agreed to it right from the start. Okay, okay. We'll accept that uh, as your rebuttal. But anyway, this one comes from Sandgroper19, and uh, he says, It's a four-quarter effort. Hollywood Hef and the Oracle Ks offer up some of the finest AFL fantasy footy content available. This podcast is for the punters that are way too serious about their keeper leagues and are looking for a weekly refresh on player content to gain an edge. No matter how big you get, uh, never break up the band, the Keeper League podcast. And he also says, FYI, Barbecue shapes are better than pizza shapes. They are. I think this is something to do with Kayser's tweet the other week, and I 100% agree, barbecue shapes all the way. But thank you, Sandgrouper19, for hitting us with a review. Please keep these coming in uh, on Apple Podcasts, and I'm not sure if you can actually review on other podcast platforms, but if you can, we'll take them there too as well. So, uh, yeah, thanks for that, and, uh, yeah, we'll move on to the listener questions. All right, we didn't get a lot of listener questions this week, but we'll read through the ones we did get. And because we got the statesman here, we'll quiz him and see what he thinks. And I'll chip in with my two cents as well. So uh, at Ninja Spoon One asks, "Did we get it wrong with defenders getting a bump? Uh, looks like a lot of seventies guys that you could snag in a draft and not bother keeping." Thoughts? What do you reckon, statesman? Did we get it wrong with defenders early on that we thought they'd see a bump? Uh, no, we got it right, but what we did think about was how it was going to change by the end of the season. So uh, our indications were for pre-season, uh, it actually happened for the first four rounds, but if you went stronger defenders in your in your draft, you'd be burnt by the end of the season. 
Yeah, I think we were kind of a bit sceptical on the scoring early because just we see it every year. We'll see like either key forwards going big early or something like that and it just tends to come back to earth uh, generally when coaches work out what the rule changes are yeah. and the best way to actually play them. So, um, yeah, but like I said, there is – there is an abundance of players that uh, do go around that 70 to 80 mark. Um, and I think in terms of keeping, it just all depends on your team structure, how you're structuring up and what you've got available. But um, yeah, it's, 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 um, I guess it's not a bad thing, but we'll see how it goes from here on in. Um, at Isaac underscore WF, uh, I'm comfortably outside of finals contention. Is it worth stockpiling young talent like Jeremy Sharp instead of holding on to guys like Motlop? Uh, we can keep as many as we want in our league, by the way. So I think that's a no-brainer. You'd drop my lot for someone like Sharp, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, to be fair, Isaac, I've never been comfortably out of finals contention, to be honest. So I've got to sort of think outside <laughs> the square it. when I get there. Um, but look, you spot on the mark. You, you're thinking the right way. Uh, any time that you've – in a keeper league, you've just got to make that decision at some point. Am I in contention or am I planning for next year? And once you flick that switch, go 100% to what the theory is, winning the flag or getting ready to win the following year. So a sharp for Motlop, Motlop spot on. I, I In this case, when you can keep as many as you want, um, absolutely go ahead, 100% and do it. The only other thought is if you're in a shallower league where you don't keep as many people or players can get fall into the trap of trying to keep young kids over more established players yeah. when you're going to get kids of similar calibre available in the draft each year. So, again, in this case, you're, you're doing the right thing by getting sharp in. But sometimes if you're trying to keep um, a sharp over, uh, I don't know, someone who averages an 80, I was going to say a Pendlebury type, but he's getting a bit older. But let's say someone like a Trent Dumont like that. Um, sometimes if you're in a shallower league, it can be better keeping a Trent Dumont over someone like Sharp depending on what the other teams in your league are going to be keeping and the caliber of players they're going to be keeping. But I thought I'd just throw that out there. Um, We've got an anonymous question here. Um, Hey, Legends, uh, anonymous question for the podcast. Dunstan into keeper calculations or sell this season to be a contender? What do you think? Oh, wow. It's a really good question. Um, uh, It's a crystal ball one. Uh, St Kilda is such a weird club to look at. But I've just got that funny feeling that the Dunstan needs to go elsewhere for extended career. That that's my gut feel. In other words, I think he's going to play for the remainder of the season. But they've got a few out for a longer term. I just find it hard that he's in the first midfield rotation at the start of next year. Yeah, I'm. I reckon it's it's too hard with Dunstan to know whether he's going to be best twenty two or not. Um, yeah, I'm with you. It's a, it's a tough one. And I think if you could sell and get something – it depends what you're going to get in return, I think. But if you get something half decent, I'd be uh, yeah inclined to take it. Um, Pat Lahalia asks, uh, thoughts on Rankin as a keeper? Uh, will he ever make the midfield jump? Uh, depends on how big your keeper list is, to be honest. If you're sort of regular the 10 uh, – sorry, the – 12 to 15, my answer is no. And will he ever make the midfield jump? We actually talked about it early in the pod. There's so much midfield talent and he's so clever in front of goals. you got to think they've got to keep that skill clever in front of goals. Yeah, I agree. He's too valuable in front of goals. They've got too many guys that can run through the midfield. So what's the point of taking him away from the goals? He's too much of a talent there. Uh, Andrew Dunton asks, thoughts on Fritch? Uh, he's killing me with his subpar scoring this uh, season. Thoughts on Fritch, Statesman? 
Yeah, I avoid the the tools up forward unless they're an absolute superstar like Buddy in his day. Yeah, I'm I'm the same. But the thing is with Fritch, he could play he could play shorter, like smaller if he wanted to, or if, if they actually brought another tall in. But I just don't think it's working for them. I think they've got McDonald up there. Um, I think the way the role that Fritch is playing is is fine for them. They keep winning, so I don't see it changing anytime soon. Um, they, there is a they couple couldn't that find have come a forward. Oh, sorry. They couldn't find a forward. Now they've got too many of them. It seems like it, doesn't it? Yeah, it's crazy. Um, we got a few that have just come on through the uh, gold members group. Um, so the next one coming in through is, I like this one. Um, this is from Pat LaHalia again. Uh, also, who would you keep, be more inclined to keep, uh, Will Powell or Trent Rivers? Oh, jeez, uh, Will Powell's been impressive this year. But I must say there's something about Trent Rivers I really like. So it's a flip of the coin because Will Powell's actually ahead of Rivers right now. But I think there's something special about Rivers. Yeah, I 100% agree. Like, I really like Powell as well. I really like the look of him and his scoring is showing that. But I think give Rivers another year and he could be tearing it up. So, yeah, it's a it's a hard one. And like you said, it's a flip of the coin. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, one from uh, Simon Evans. Uh, if Sloan is out for the rest of the year, who do you see as getting his role? Also, does Sharp's performance for the Suns mean Fiorini's chances of getting back into the side <laughs> this year are now shot? Uh, I was trying to go a podcast without mentioning Fiorini. But, uh, anyway, uh, what do you think? Uh, who do you think replaces Sloan? Do you think Haitley could actually get a gig? I was going to say, I bet you we end up mentioning two names of people that never seem to be able to get a game of footy, but if they were at other clubs, they would, and that's Haightley and Fiorini. Um, yep. I hope Haightley. I want to see yeah. what he can do. Yeah, I 100% agree, and it's just so strange that he's uh, not getting a kick, or he's definitely getting a kick in the sample, but just not getting a game in the senior side. So, um, yeah, a bit of a concern for owners, but if you could get in and actually get a bit of a midfield role, it would be um, pretty good to see. Uh, we've got one more question to go, and that is uh, from at Blackson, and it's saying he's saying, uh, what do you suspect Kays will be doing in lockdown? So, sounds like he's going to have two weeks of uh, stay at home. So, uh, knowing Case, he will probably be. Um, oh no, he likes his he likes his musicals and musical theatre. So I think he'd be getting uh, around that and having a look at some of those. Um, probably getting a, a bit of a few remedy uh, kombucha into him and uh, getting some Uber Eats uh, on the uh, the Zambrero. That's a that's a that's a given. Um, yeah, I really hope to he's the learning pod pod. how to. Oh, and obviously listening to the Pod Pod and learning how to play classic. And uh, yeah, I'm really <laughs> hoping he's going to be learning how to. Um, record audio at a decent standard from his uh, own living room. So that would be nice too so we can actually get him back on the show next week. But uh, now, nah, okay, as we oh, – I don't even know if he'll listen to this. He's probably not the type who would actually listen back to it if he's not on it. But I don't think he listens back to it anyway. So uh, we can say what he would like about him. But uh, now, nah, good luck in the uh, – good luck getting home and get good luck in the uh, the isolation, mate. Uh, hopefully you don't go too crazy. You don't have uh, don't have any kids, no toddlers screaming at you. So uh, – You've just got to you've just got to whip it in two cats. So I think you'll be fine, mate. So don't stress too much. Anyways, that's a Zambrero wrap for this week. Statesman, thank you so much for filling in at uh, relatively short notice, and you have been fantastic on the podcast tonight. And it's been a pleasure having you on. So thank you for that. Uh, absolute pleasure. Hopefully next time I can be almost close to one hundred percent healthy. That will help. I uh, will take seventy five percent healthy <laughs> statesman any day of the week, mate. Uh, 
couldn't be much worse that goes on here usually. Uh, nah, that's, I'm talking about myself, not Kay's, I swear. But anyway, uh, get around us on our socials, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Keeper League Pod. Uh, make sure you drink plenty of Remedy Kombucha during the week. Keeps you healthy. Eat lots of uh, Remedy, uh, sorry, eat lots of Zambrero burritos as well. And make sure you listen to the Pod Pod uh, with Louis and Doss on Mondays and, of course, Pod Pod Plus on Wednesday that features the Statesman answering all the Pod Pod Plus subscribers questions so again thanks statement and we'll uh, talk to you next week take it easy